Coming up on the very first episode of Richard's famous food podcast, Bone Broth. Bone broth. It's the latest food craze, but what is it? We take a cross-country broth voyage to find out, starting at Manhattan's Brodo. In L.A., a soup and scotch cocktail is served off the menu. And have you ever had broth at a brothel? It's the San Francisco Broth Bar where meaty liquids mix with cutting-edge technology. Oh, something in here smells really, really, like, really, really insanely good to me right now. It's Richard's Famous Food Podcast. Let's say that you roasted a chicken last night. The chicken was delicious, tender, juicy, crispy skin. You froze its bones in your freezer, and now you want to make stock. How do you do that? How do I do that? Make stock from chickens? You say? (laughs) Dare I tell you? My, my stock tips? First, you take the bones out of the freezer. Throw a little olive oil on them. Maybe some salt. Throw that into the oven at like 425. The more they start sizzling, the better that they're going to taste. That's how it works. It's cooking. Chop up some vegetables. Celery, carrots, onion. Check on the bones. Are they roasting good? Are they getting a little brown? Take them out. Throw them in the pot. Put the vegetables in there. Throw in some dry spice. Cover the whole thing with water. Bring it up to a boil. Bring it back down to a simmer. Wait two hours. And that is pretty much how I make stock. Why do I bring up stock? Why does anybody do anything? Actually, as it turns out, bone broth is Stock's millennial niece. It's young. It's attractive. It's lived in several American cities in the past year. Gets a lot of likes on social media, but it probably couldn't tell you how a bill becomes a law. Anyways. The story of bone broth begins with a chef in New York. He had just turned 40 and he was suffering from gout. Yes, gout is still a thing we suffer from. It's not a disease that went away with the end of the Tudor dynasty. Anyways. Touting bone broth's nutritional qualities, this chef started selling it out of a window in New York he called Brodo. And it caught on big time. People started brothing to cure sickness. They brothed to look more attractive. They brothed to stave off disease. Before long, they were brothing just because everybody else was. Now we got broth pet food, we got broth cocktails. The New York Times Magazine called brothing the new juicing. People are even writing songs about bone broth. I wrote one, you're listening to it. The point is, it got pretty popular. For more, we go to Matt Frasca, our correspondent on the ground at Brodo in Manhattan. Frasca, what are you seeing? It's a bad day for raw juice, Richard. Kale is dead, green juice is over, broth. That's the new game in town, Richard. Here in New York, we get our broth at Brodo. The word means broth in Italian. We're trying to get a sense of the contemporary brother's mindset. What's the clientele like in the, the scene out there? Hordes of intelligent, health-conscious New Yorkers lining up for to-go cups of steaming hot meat nectar. Hi. Hi, we'll take uh, one of each of the small. They're all queuing up at the broth buffet that is Brodo. Hmm. Oh look, there's a little boy here, just sipping on some broth. How do you like your bone broth, little boy? Would you say it's good or bad? Good. Okay, little boy. 
What would be great then? Soup. Aww. That was Matt Frasca reporting from New York City's Broda, where an apparently cute little boy favors soup over broth. This has us thinking, what separates soup from broth, and how are the two related? We're not going to answer this question, but we are going to talk to a soup cook after the break. Hi, it's Bennett Barbaco, producer here at Richard's Famous Food Podcast. I'm here today to talk to you about lonely eating. Recent studies show that almost 100% of lonely Americans eat food, either because they want it or because they need it. If you ever find yourself slumped over a kitchen sink, cold slices of dangling from your lips like a salmon caught in the mouth of a streamside bear, well, that's pretty effed up. But I've been there, man. Let's talk about it. Call our hotline. It's 323-813-6634. That's 323-81-FOOD4. Or tweet to us. It's at Richards Famous on Twitter. Call today. You know I love it. I f***ing love bone broth. This is Deep Tron, chef and owner at Good Girl Dinette in Los Angeles. Pho broth runs in her veins. So saith maestro Jonathan Gold, the Pulitzer Prize winning food critic for the LA Times. Deep was born in Vietnam, but grew up working in her family's Vietnamese restaurants in the Southland. Deep sells pho, which I gotta say is basically like bone broth with the addition of good meats, noodles, and herbs. You should try Deep's. It's delicious. But it all starts with a solid stock. Something Deep is glad the bone broth trend has put front and center. There's nowhere to hide. So if you can make something so overlooked, fantastic, and that can stand on its own, that's pretty fantastic. I mean, it's almost like tasting single malt, <laughs> you know, spirit. And you're just like, you know, like, like you could just, that's all it is. That's all it is. But of course, it's not the entire story. At Richard's Famous Food Podcast, we're not just here to create quality food audio content. Of course, we are here for that. We're here to break news. And in this particular episode, drop a broth bomb on your ear bellies. Hope you're hungry. I'm going to pass it back to Deep, who gave us this fascinating financial perspective on broth. Can people, when they go to like, a Vietnamese restaurant, they can f- stop like f- thinking it's $6, $5, whatever is like a reasonable amount of money to pay for the labor and the cost. Bone broth detractors say that it costs too much. At 4 to $9 for just a simple cup of stock, it's all margin, they say. But from Deep's perspective, that's market rate. And maybe it's true that we shouldn't expect a cup of stock or a bowl of soup to cost so little. I th- it's cheap because of exploited labor. Like, your food cost is your food cost. Even if you can get the cheapest <laughs> you can only go so low, right? It's really apparent in certain places. Like, there's an official minimum wage, and that's not the wage that, you know, you get in San Gabriel Valley. Oops, I just spilled some bone broth on an undercovered socioeconomic food story, and hang on, it tastes good. Thanks, Deep. I didn't expect we'd be talking about money or single malt scotch today, but since we are... How about next we try a bone broth cocktail? The base here of this cocktail is Glenlivet 15-year-old scotch. A very mild space-sized scotch. And then a lamb consomme. Baby asparagus, baby carrots, microgreens, and toasted ciabatta. This is Aaron Melendez, bar manager at Pistola. When I first heard of his $22 off-the-menu bone broth cocktail, I was like, huh. Really? And I was like, I gotta taste this. And then I was like, this kind of tastes like stews my father makes, always with a little dash of dry sherry. That's really interesting that you say that. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you very much. 
That was one of the main inspirations behind the dish. The first inspiration was a book that I received from my mother a couple years back. It was a book about cocktails that sort of uh, restorative um, elixirs, cocktails for healing the body. This was a very old book, one you might keep in a scullery in old England. There was something very similar in the book to this cocktail, like a stew kind of cocktail, a stew that you cooked all day and you added scotch into it. More about stews and bras and their linguistic history in a little bit. But first, we quote MFK Fisher, who once famously said, First we tweet, then we do everything else. Don't forget to get us on Twitter. It's at Richard's Famous. And now back to the show. Hello, my dear listeners. As it turns out, this bone broth story reaches back into history to Shakespeare's England, where once there was a linguistic link between hot, meaty liquids and houses of ill repute. By the 17th century, the most common word for whorehouses in the period is stews. This is literature professor Myra Emily Wright. That word on its own can refer to a single brothel or a whole strip of brothels, a whole series of them. Not necessarily the same kind of thing we use stew to mean now. You could even get a hot, meaty liquid at these establishments. A stew at the stews. A broth at the brothel. Which led us to ask, is there a relationship between the words broth and brothel? Wanting to discover a strong connection between the word broth and the word brothel, which was a current word then as it is now for a whorehouse, I um, delved into the, the archive and discovered, in fact, there is no connection. You guys ever just sit around and trip out on how fun words are? (laughs) It turns out there is a broth-specific restaurant called The Brothel in San Francisco. Our broth critic, Brian McMullen, has this review. You could learn a lot about what this ambitious new broth bar is up to by ordering its signature offering, The Monster. The Monster is your selection of any five broths served in a five-chambered cup. The cup comes with a reusable stainless steel five-channel twisty straw called a bombilla. Each of the brothel's bombillas is outfitted with an on-off fader switch, controlled via proprietary smartphone app technology. The app, currently an iOS exclusive, allows the drinker to manually control the amount of broth flowing through the various channels, thereby customizing the flavor of each and every sip. Use touchscreen technology to open all five channels for crazy flavor flow, or close four channels to savor a single broth, or mix and match channels. It's playing with your broth, Silicon Valley style. For extra fun, you can even hand your phone to a friend and have them do the mixing while you drink. Eating has never been more social. 18 different broths are available on tap at the brothel at all times. The broths are stored in 10-gallon cisterns, and new flavors rotate in whenever a cistern kicks. One of the most popular broths in regular rotation is the Chili Brie made with iced brie from Cheezer Chavez, the artisanal cheesery up the street that's been giving Cowgirl Creamery a run for its money. The Parm Snow Topping, for just a dollar extra, also from Cheezer Chavez, makes this tasty selection even zippier. Other standouts? 1,000 flushes. A cold broth consisting of almond milk, seasonal fruit, mini boba pearl, and a castor oil spritz. Fluid pizza. And Crystal Dead Sea an umami bomb of jerky powder, espresso cocoa granita, and carbonated salt water. Now, while I can't guarantee you'll enjoy any five flavors in concert, 
darned if I didn't keep trying them all together and in all possible combinations out of sheer flavor and mouthfeel curiosity. The brothel has reminded us of something very elementary about broth, that it can be fun. Lord knows I'm not a musician, but the app interface almost made me feel like I was live mixing a rap album, except all the dopest rhymes were flavor bombs in my mouth instead. Individual broths start at $8 and cost as much as $16 for an eight ounce portion. The 40 ounce five chamber monster will usually set you back about $50. The price tag is even higher here than at New York celebrated brotheries like Brodo and Brooklyn's Bill Paxton. But the food quality, technological ingenuity, and the sheer fun and uniqueness of the experience are all of a higher order at the brothel. It is, so far, to my knowledge, the finest broth bar in the United States. Brian McMullen, everybody. He is an artist and writer in San Francisco, and he was part of the small team at McSweeney's that launched Lucky Peach Magazine, our favorite food publication. Speaking of McSweeney's, head to McSweeney's.net to read the full version of Brian's review. It is really something. For every occasion. And that, my friends, is our show. The fat of the day, the best tasting liquid in the Richard's famous food podcast is me, Richard Parks. We are produced today by Bennett Barbaco, Matt Frasca, and myself. Shout out to the brothers and sisters, Helen Hollyman from Munchies, Rachel Kong from Lucky Peach, Courtney McBroom from Large Marge, Caitlin Esch from My Exclusive Relationship, Scott and Walker Korb from The Brodo Piece, Kate Garrick, who lent us Scott and Walker, Chris Knight from Next Door, Susie Racho from KQED, David Weinberg from Random Tape, Andrew Leland from The Organist, and of course, all of our contributors. The Broth Core Bone Broth Anthem is by Bennett Barbaco and myself. You're listening to An Ode to Broth by Yosef Monroe and myself. Our theme music is by the good doctor, Bobby Halverson. James Braithwaite made our logo. And our show today is mixed by Rob Amyarv. For as long as I breathe, New York City air, I'll be devoted to the broth. Richard's Famous Food Podcast is supported by Nobody. We did this all on our own. I wouldn't possibly be so tawdry as to ask you to leave us a positive review on iTunes. Why don't you call and leave us a voicemail instead? It's 323-813-6634. That's 323-81-FOOD-4. Mm. Oh, baby. You can always find us on Twitter. That's at Richard's Famous. And now, Vavoom to the moon. Whee! so beautiful he's flying it's richard's famous food podcast